Welcome back to the King Millie Podcast, where every opinion is welcome and every voice can be heard. <laughs> Today's guest is Chef Nakai, a longtime friend of the show. Chef Nakai joins me this week to speak about her journey as a pastry chef here in New York City. She worked at various bakeries in the New York City area, and now she's her own boss. Now she is her own boss. You can buy some of her products at chef-nakai.com, chef-nakai.com. And you can also follow her on Instagram at Chef Nakai to keep up with some of her artistry and her very cool pastries. Before we get into the episode, there's one thing on my mind, one thing I want to discuss. And if you really know me, probably don't really, really know me after 24 episodes. But if you really know me personally, you know that I hate binge watching. Like I hate the idea of sitting down for four straight hours watching the show. But I must admit... Game of Thrones got me. Now, for a show that I watched two years ago, I didn't realize that you could forget so much stuff. So many different nuances, so many different subplots and storylines. I didn't realize how much information I forgot. So being that Game of Thrones returns next week on April 14th, I said, you know what? Let me catch up on some episodes. And I found myself really binge watching the show. I can't seem to get through that fourth hour of binge watching. My eyes always start closing. I always start getting a little groggy and tired. And it just so turns out that the entire world is itching for Game of Thrones to come back. And because the entire world is itching for Game of Thrones to come back. Shout out to websites like The Ringer. I was on on the App Store yesterday. The App Store had a feature for Game of Thrones. The App Store had this little feature where you could click on this. You could click on Game of Thrones. And it gave you like six different important clips that happened in like season six and season seven. Explained to you what happened in the clip. Showed you the little minute and a half clip. And explained to you what the implications and ramifications of that clip will be come season eight. I appreciate y'all for that, Apple. Thank you. Thank you to The Ringer. Shout out to my son, Bill, Bill Simmons. Thank you to The Ringer for having so much Game of Thrones geared content that I don't have to binge watch this shit anymore. Because realistically speaking, I got season six and season seven to go. I ain't about to watch 27 episodes in a week. It's not happening. So shout out to The Ringer. Shout out to the App Store. And shout out to everybody for being on the Game of Thrones wave. Because now I don't got to binge watch shit anymore. I can just go online and read up what I need to read on it. But... I definitely do miss that. NBA playoffs is coming. NBA playoffs are starting this Saturday. So in 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 um in honor of the NBA playoffs, I'll have an NBA episode coming next week. I'll have an NBA playoff preview and we'll talk about some um NBA season awards. So look out for that coming next week. Other than that, I hope you guys enjoy the episode. Here's Chef Nakai. It's water. <coughs> Yo <laughs> I'm big tight. I'm not gonna fry a fake tag, I'm not gonna lie to you, cause I It's the only option we got right now too, that's the crazy part. I, I wasn't expecting that, I'm not gonna lie. Usually when it comes to sparkling, like I never tasted natural, like regular plain sparkling water that tastes mad with me. Not to say I don't appreciate it. Not to I won't I want to hit this back and be like, yo, I do that. I'm never doing shit that nigga again. But nah, not to say I don't appreciate it, but it's like I wasn't expecting that. I only like I only like lemon sparkling water. Only like lemon flavored things, period. You just went to drinking water and it was fizzling. It was fizzling. I didn't expect that. It just tastes mad weird when there's no flavor and it's sparkling. I feel like only nah. I prefer regular water too. 
Lizzie, I, I opt out of like living in cold water. Yo, I hate cold water. <laughs> yo, you're the. Yo, thank you, son. Thank you. Cause all my ma- all my friends, all my friends, all my family thinks I'm weird because I don't like cold water. Yeah, room like, temperature overall or tea. Room temperature or tea? Well, yeah. coffee for you. Room temperature. Or tea. All right, relax. I drink tea too. Nah, right, just making sure. <laughs> but now nah, I hate cold water. That should be having my stomach feeling upset. It all, all right. It's not all that. It just makes my teeth like hurt. That too it makes the it, mm-hmm. the enamel in your teeth gets affected. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when I found out what enamel was, I went crazy. <laughs> Yo. But nah, let me, let me let me stop being rude. Introduce my guest, everybody. Relax. That is not what we're gonna introduce <laughs> you. <yet. laughs> I'm gonna I'm 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 cut. I'm gonna black it out. Then I'm right, bad. Relax. I know you want to use the government name. I'm gonna black it out. Don't what do would that. You, what you would you rather be? Chef Nakai. Chef Nakai. All right, Chef Nakai works. <laughs> I didn't even know you should tell me from before him. Oh, then again, you know I was gonna do that. Nonetheless, though, Chef Nakai. Where does where does Chef Nakai's journey start? Where did my journey where did, start? Where did, where did Chef Nakai's journey start? Woo. Okay, so it started in middle school, ironically. Um, really? Yeah, because um, my mom was cooking and baking and doing all that stuff because mm-hmm. she had the passion for it herself. So basically, she works in a school. She always has. I remember that. Yeah, and she... Um, she had to go back to school to get more credits, so she decided to get her credits in like pastry. Mm-hmm. So she was in culinary school, basically. So it would be this thing where like I would be at school, she'd pick me up from school, and then take me to my aunt's crib. And my aunt lived next to um, City Tech, where she was going. Right. So I would just be at my aunt's crib till my mom got out of school for after a couple of hours, and then we would go home, and then I would see like whatever she made. Um, we would make stuff together. We would do little like stupid shit. <laughs> <laughs> what type of what type of what type of foods was she making that, that got you hooked on? I said, I want to try this too. So she would. Um, so anybody that's been in culinary school and knows like the real beginner stages, you know, like the pastry puff swans, and that's like or like the apple swans. Never heard of it. It's you like gotta break it. you gotta explain it for me. What's I'll just have to like show so, you a picture or something. All right, so this is the time where everybody else is home and listening. <laughs> or whether you're on your train, whether you're in the so. commute to work, <laughs> once you get to that train stop, just go so on Google and type in. <laughs> <laughs> type in puff pastry swans and you'll see. But it's just like when you get to be a little artsy with like the minimal skills that you have with mm-hmm. a little whipped cream and a little puff puff dough, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you bake it, you get it right, and you feel all fancy, you know? <laughs> It's crazy because it's like for when you like get like real, real deep into culinary pastry, mm-hmm. you don't really do shit like that. <laughs> Wait, do you say you mean like the whole little fancy? Let me get like what's that thing called when they when they get the they put the whipped cream? Mm-hmm. Is it whipped cream? Mm-hmm. They put the whipped cream inside. Is it called a bassinet? I'm wallet. What are you talking about? I, I didn't even explain it. You're right. <laughs> no. They put. The, I'm sorry because I'm sorry with my hands. I thought she was. <laughs> No, they put the whipped cream in this like this cone shaped thing, and it's like a plastic a pastry bag. Pastry bag. I said bassinet. I don't Piping know what bag. a bassinet. Hyping bag. Mm-hmm. Piping. So when you when you get to a certain level in the culinary, mm-hmm. in the culinary craft, you don't you no longer have fun taking a piping bag. And just no, you always use a piping bag. That's not what I'm saying. A piping bag is literally just like a tool, like a spatula. Oh, so so what are you talking about? What don't you do anymore? The puff pastry swans. Oh, see, when yeah. I heard puff pastry, I automatically thought that you were just getting that that same. Piping bag and just oh created <laughs> created whipped cream on top of the shit out of it. That's why I, th- I thought the puff came from. Oh god! 
Nah, I'm a novice when it comes to the culinary shit. That's why I have you, you here. You're going to explain I, I, everything I need to know. Got it, got it, got it, got it. I got you. <laughs> but nah, like, so back to the back to the story. Right. <laughs> so Back to the lecture out here. Right. So she would just come in with her little puff pastry swans or whatever, and we would just start making stuff at home. Um, she would, like, we would be watching Food Network. She'll, like, write down the recipes and, like, go in the kitchen and try it mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So I saw her doing stuff like that. You, you found nah, it? Nah, this is wavy. You yeah, say, you're making this like something easy to do. This is wavy. Yeah. But it's for wavy. you now, for no, you but now, it's, it's just like, like ah. after, like, you do mad years, and it's just it's just one of those things, like, oh, yeah, like, that's one of those beginning things. That's like, cute. one of those first. Chill. <laughs> That's one of those things like we first first learned, but now we know so much more that it's just like we not gonna stuff like that mean. will be like you'll put it next to like a fruit platter or something like that. But um yeah. So as far as like my start and everything, so we would be watching, you know, food network and all that. Mm-hmm. Um and it's crazy because anytime anybody ever asks me, I'll always tell them that um Rachel Ray's thirty minute meals is what we used to watch. And it's crazy because it's like a full circle moment because recently they just like featured me on their Instagram, right? Congratulations to that. Gracias. So that was like a little full circle moment. Um, But yeah, that was basically how I got my start. Like just seeing my mom do like her stuff at home. So by the time you got to high school, were you you already taking on your own little, taking on your own little pastry project? Um, when I started high school, I went to food and finance high school. Mm-hmm. So, of course, by that time, I knew I, like, had a real interest you in had a, You had an interest in passion. Not interest. Not passion, I mean, but an interest mm-hmm. in, in pursuing, pursuing a career yeah. in food. Exactly. But I didn't really, like, hone in on pastry or dessert or whatever mm-hmm. until senior year when we were starting um, looking for colleges because we were, you know, deciding colleges, whatever. And then one of the girls that was going to the same school as me or actually, there was a group of us that were going to the same uh, college. Mm-hmm. So a lot of them were going to do culinary, but then she was going to do baking. And I was like, that sounds fire. You know what I mean? Like, right, that and it's different, like, too. Everybody exactly. else is doing culinary. Let me go exactly, over there with it. Exactly, right? And obviously, like, we had baking classes all throughout um, high school and all that stuff. We had culinary and baking classes. And I was just like, yeah, let me just chill and, like, go into pastry and at that time I had my first bakery job too Mm -hmm. so senior year of high school I had my first bakery job I think I started in probably like March of that year or whatever what was that what was that experience like that's your first bakery job it was fun it was fun um I was at Schmackery's cookie bakery on 45th between 9th and 10th I think Mm -hmm. midtown Manhattan because my school was mm mm-hmm my high school was on 50th between 10th and 11th. We went to high school in Manhattan. Yeah. I know from that point Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Right there. And really a lot of people me. still don't know about it. It's crazy. Um, so it was my, the job was on 45th between 9th and, between 9th and 8th. So I would walk after school. <laughs> I would work from Go like, sightseeing. Whatever. <laughs> by that, by senior year, you already did all the sightseeing. Right. But um, I would work from, like, 4 p.m. to 9 p.m., like, five days a week. Maybe on the weekends, maybe. But I don't I don't think I did. Um, but, yeah, that was cool. That's the first time I learned how to make, like, caramel. We was making ice cream from scratch. Um, ice cream from scratch. How does that work? You make anglaise. What's anglaise? So, anglaise is... Anglaise can be a regular sauce, a dessert sauce, mm-hmm. or you can thicken it up more and freeze it and it becomes and put it in the ice cream machine and then it becomes ice cream. So what it's made out of is basically like egg yolks, sugar, heavy cream, and milk. 
So you'll mix up the egg yolks and the sugar, heat up your milk and heavy cream on the pot, and then basically whisk it together. But it's sort of it's a little technical because you can't you have to do it in a way where it's called tempering, mm-hmm. where so that you don't cook the eggs with the heat of the milk. So you just got to do it slowly, <laughs> basically. Like and imagine if, if you had cooked eggs inside the milk. Yo, and then your ice cream is all like eggy. Yeah. So. Wait. So how do you how do you not add like your little flavors to it? You just add it to the milk. So okay. like if if I wanted vanilla ice cream, I'd do all of that and then just add vanilla extract to it and I'm done. Mm-hmm. Oh. Add whatever extract, add whatever coloring. You can, you know, if you want to do hazelnut, you know, you heat get, it up. You with get your mixy. Mm-hmm. You hmm. get, yeah. So, and then if you want to put a little, after you make the actual ice cream, if you want to put a little caramel sauce in it, just swirl it up in there. You know, it's not hard. It's really not hard to make ice cream. Um, the only time I ever saw somebody make ice cream or try to make ice cream, I remember like, my pops had this big ass bucket that he was churning. <laughs> <laughs> also, old school shit. I'm just like, yeah. Ah. I was gonna say, wow. I'm pretty sure we could just go to the store and buy it, but hey. Facts, but I mean, he could have just got an ice cream machine too. But you know, people want to be difficult. So, as far as the bakery experience goes, you were in high school. You were mm-hmm. going to the bakery for now. How how are you even find the time to do all of this and still get your work done and still keep up with high school? Yikes. Okay, so. It's crazy because like the further back you go, I was doing, I was, I always had a full schedule. Like it's crazy. You was built for this. You was meant for this entrepreneurial right. lifestyle. <clears throat> Guess what? <laughs> <laughs> but um, so I think okay, so yeah, when it came to senior year, I would um do just work like five days a week. Mm-hmm. But it was easier because we kind of had half days every day because. We had internships also. So we, um, the school would set us up on an internship, and it would either be in the morning or in the afternoon. So Mm -hmm. you would either come to school for the first few hours and then go to your internship for the rest of the day, or you would have your internship in the morning, come to school for like three classes, and then, you know, do your thing after. So I had an internship with Sullivan Street Bakery, but it wasn't, it, we wasn't really hitting the way yo, Schmuckers was hitting. Like Not Schmuckers. Was it Schmuckers? Schmackers. Schmackers. Schmackery. I'm bugging. <laughs> the SCH thing, that shit threw me off. Um, we weren't doing no, that much. Like, it was really just making breads and maybe, like, chocolate chip cookies. Regular something. regular baking shit. Wait, just one more quick question. I just mm-hmm. I remember. You said when you were going, when you guys were choosing which college you want to go to, mm-hmm. you noticed some people were taking the bakery track. Some people were taking the culinary track. Mm-hmm. Just for clarity, culinary is strictly, like, over the over the stove cooking. Yeah. And bakery, of course. Savory, you know, ah. just regular food. So if you if you wanted to study to be a baker, you can't necessarily be a chef? No, you can. You could do whatever you want. You could learn both. I mean, when it comes to your degree, it depends on what school you go to. Mm-hmm. Some schools will make you take both. You know what I mean? Or do whatever. I mean, I didn't go to the mother school, so I don't know the ins and outs, but right. I've heard things. Um, for my school, my college, we I went there because I was going to be in and out. Like, that's what I wanted. Like, boom, bang, bye. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So for us, it was very, like, specific to what we were doing. But even with that, we still took one culinary class. So my once I did get to college and start doing it, the structure of the classes was, like, in the morning. It'll be five days a week, mm-hmm. 8 a.m. every day, 8 a.m. to... 1 p.m. 8 a.m. is crazy. Five days a week. That's crazy. Mind you, this is on a whole nother campus. So we had to, I was waking up at like 6, had to catch the bus by 7.06, something like that. 
and then catch. It was like a half hour ride to the other campus. Filthy. Filthy. <laughs> but uh, so it was eight a.m. to like one p.m. in the bakery, mm-hmm. in the kitchen, like doing actual baking and whatever. And then we'd have lunch. Then we'd have um, two classes in the evening, in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. So those classes would be different stuff, where it's like baking class, like physical work. Um, what was it like? Nutrition, cost control. Everything was geared towards the restaurant industry, regardless. Right. But we also have like one cooking class where we go in the lab, the other side of the lab, where like they do their savory stuff and learn that. And you said it only took you like what two years to do this, right? Mm-hmm. See, I feel like that's how college should be in general. I feel like four years is a drag. I always felt like four I was years not was a drag. With the shits, I promise you. Yo, honestly, I'm not even gonna hold you. Another like determining factor for me even like continuing with culinary is because like culinary school did not care about like SAT scores and ACTs. So you didn't have to waste your time taking that in high school. I period? took it, but I saw it from afar, like. I, I saw how SAT prep was going. I just, mm-hmm. I saw how shit was panning out, and I was just like, yo, it's a dub. <laughs> I'm just going to stick with the culinary because they're not caring about all these, like, high scores and shit like yo, that. The SAT so. was a dub. That shit was trash. And it's crazy because I feel like, well, it was different for people. I, always, I feel like I always say this. I feel like I've been saying this every week now on the podcast. But I feel like when you use your hands and you're doing something more creative, you shouldn't even have to, you shouldn't even have to touch college. Like, that sounds like a, a way better track I, to go on. Yo, like, honestly. Like, you were actually in the field doing what you were doing from day one. I think even everybody should touch college. Even though you were quote, unquote, in school. I think, well, no, I'm not going to say everybody because that's a broad subject. But I feel like for me, I still appreciated getting the college experience. Mm-hmm. Because I was still an RA on top of all this. Um, and I was still working in, like, the food, you know, the school food courts, whatever, whatever mm-hmm. you call it. So... I I don't know. I still ex- appreciate it getting the college experience. Wait, you were RA, so you was, you was working eight to one at the culinary school, and then you had class eight in the to e- three. eight to three. Mm-hmm. RA eight to three, and then you still how <laughs> how are you the point? How are you finding time so to do everything? So RAs, the RA stuff was basically because then your room and board is free, right? So that was gonna take a lot of that was gonna take a chunk off of my student loans. But then you still, I still needed regular pocket money. So I, on the weekends, I would do like a little five-hour shift each day and just, you know, whatever their minimum wage was, just to get like a little pocket money. And then, you know, just making it work, basically. I don't know. Did you, when did you find time? Were you sleeping a lot? Were you getting a lot of sleep around these times? <sighs> I, I was sleeping on the weekends a little bit. Um, but my on a regular basis, if I wasn't on duty... Because duty is from, like, 8 p.m. to 1 a.m. So on what days that I had duty, I would probably go to sleep from, like, 1.30 to 6 a.m. Take a little nap. A little, a little <laughs> nappy nap. And then, like, maybe on the weekends and shit like that, like, I would sleep. And, oh, I would take naps after school a lot. I would take naps a lot. Even though I didn't want to, I would take a lot of naps. It sounds like for culinary school, there wasn't really much studying involved. No, it was. Really? <laughs> oh, don't, don't, don't. What you had to study? I thought, like, well, in my eyes, the way it seems to me. We still had tests. Like, we still had, like, a lot of tests. Like, oh, my really? God. Yes. Because Wouldn't it make more sense to just have a lot more, like, instead of, like, a test, like, a written exam? Wouldn't it make sense for them to tell you, all right, on this day, you got to come to the class and show me that you can bake uh, we had a puff swan? We had those, too. So, in, for example, like, if we had cost control class, mm-hmm. we had textbooks. So we'd still have homework. Oh, we'd so still, it's still school. 
Yeah, it's just like, granted, I appreciated it because it's like, at least if I'm doing all this work, I can apply it. Mm-hmm. The worst class, or the hardest class was management because it was like a test every Friday. Every Friday, mandatory test. So we just had to study every single week for it, especially when it came to finals time. Like, when you got to graduate off of this grade, <laughs> like, yo, and I'm looking at my friends, and they're, like, barely passing or whatever. Bitch, me? <laughs> Studying every week. Like, yo, I had, like, a calm 92 in that class. Like, working really hard. Put, really putting the work in. Yeah, because the crazy thing is, is, like, if you pay attention from the very beginning and mm-hmm. keep building on the same knowledge, like, you're going to be good. But once you, like, once you take one week off. Once you fuck up. No, trust me, I still slept in class. Like, don't, I'm still, <laughs> I've always been that kid, yo. I've always been. <laughs> now, that's always been me, too. I remember when I went on my college tour and I realized, like, it's a big ass, I was going to be sitting in, like, lecture halls. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yo, it's going to be easy for me to sleep in these classes. And then I got to college and I was. Even slept. in high school. Like, I just went to a high school event and one of the teachers tried to play me. <laughs> he was like, oh, I remember you used to sleep in class. I was like, oh, but, but I'm here now. <laughs> but I'm here now, right? But, yo, I've always been that kid. It's crazy. But whatever, back to the management class, like, bruh, it took real hard work. But I was like, it's fine because this is my last semester. Mm-hmm. Never got to go to school again. You know what I mean? Like, and that was it. Like, the fact that it was two years, I was just like, that was my incentive to be like, yo, let me just work real hard, get my grades up, be on the dean's list. No, nah, my, my last my last semester of college was the exact opposite. I'm like, yo, this is my last semester. I just got to get out. You going to be tight when. Man, I'll never forget my, my, I had a final quiz for like this marketing class. Mm-hmm. Not final quiz. It was a final test for this marketing class. The whole semester, the way the class was structured, you only had three tests. Mm-hmm. And on the last day of the class, he gave you the opportunity to take retake all three of the tests if you didn't do good on the first two. Mm. So I'm in the class. Mind you, I didn't really study. I'm in the class. I'm like, yo, I didn't really do good <laughs> on the first two tests. Oh, but he's giving us the opportunity to take them again. So I'm in the class. I'm reading. I'm the type, type of person, right? If I'm getting a, given a multiple choice test, I'm going to just read the question and just try to make sense of which answer would be. I'm like, yo, you don't really got to study for multiple choice because yes, obviously, you do. <laughs> oh obviously one of them is going to be right. And it's like, oh if God. I can read the question and try to figure it out, then I'll be able yo, to. there's going to be a point in our lives when multiple <laughs> choice is not a thing in the school system anymore. And now, that'd be great, do? though. That'd be great. Then people would actually start learning things. You, would, you wouldn't just be memorizing information. You actually start learning something. But now, I remember I went on that shit and then like halfway through, halfway through the second test, I say, realistically speaking, not only do I not have the patience to sit through this, I literally, I don't know it. I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. So I just like, you know what? I just guessed every single question, turned it in. I said, no funny shit. If it's meant to be, I'll pass. <laughs> if not, then I just had to take class over in the summer. Oh, my God. So got I'm my, assuming you passed. Got my results the next week, and I got a D. Wow. I passed, though. Mm. And now we here. So I was like, listen, I just want, by the time my last month came around, I just wanted to get out of there. I just I wanted to keep it moving. I just want, so for you, what was your first move right after you got out of college within, within that culinary track? Okay, so I knew that I wanted to, like, do my business regardless. I knew that I wanted to do that. Because, mm-hmm. you know, by that time, you got a little Instagram page. It's <laughs> your little beginners, beginner-level cakes and whatnot. You know what I mean? Right, some calm shit. Some calm shit. You're Showing everybody that I could, I, could, I could do this. You feel me? Like, I really, order, I'll be, you know? I'll be in the kitchen with the elbow and all that. You know, really so you already got a little, a little bit under your belt, right? Right. So I was like, oh, I'm going to keep going with this little Instagram page <laughs> shit, you know? Like, I'm going to just start my business and, you know, keep going from there. Mm-hmm. So straight out of school, I remember, I think we graduated in um, May. 
So May into June, I was like, let me go bake some stuff, take some pictures, let me just, you know. <laughs> You know, at this time, were you even thinking big, or were you just thinking, yes. I got it, I got an Instagram, I'm just gonna take pictures. No, I was thinking big. I was like, I knew I wanted to get a website, mm-hmm. like you know, I was thinking real big. Um, so I was like, I came home that first month. I was like taking pictures of my little cakes, cupcakes, cheesecakes, whatever, you know, doing my little beginner Pastries, level, right. um, putting the words on the pictures and whatever with the prices, you mm-hmm. know, doing my little thing. And then I started working at this bake, this small baker in Williamsburg. Because I know I wanted to work small and close. Mm-hmm. So I started working at this bakery. And, you know, that was that was what it was. But <laughs> I think I worked there for like a month, month and a half. The main thing, yo, we made so many different things, though. And it's crazy because, like, it was only me and this one other girl. But she quit because the manager was, like, super trash. Mm-hmm. Um, she quit. And then there was a point in time where I was the only baker. So I was making everything. And... So at this at this time, right, what could you make prior to this experience? How how vast was your portfolio at this time? I could do a lot. I'm not even gonna hold you. Um I was that kid in culinary school that would like go and in our free time I would go and like do something that mm-hmm. I wanted to do. So I was the first one to try out making a souffle. First time I made it, I made it What's perfectly. A souffle? I don't know how to explain it, but I'll show you a picture. You know it. You know when you see it. Mm-hmm. Um I was the first one to make macaroons. That those came out perfect, and then everybody in the class was like, "Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, I, I could teach You're you, but I have to try. <laughs> I was like, "I guess I gotta show you all what I'm But I don't like. I was that. I was that girl to just be like, "Yo, I'm gonna just while y'all doing that, mm-hmm. I'm gonna just I'm, I'm gonna make the most out of this money I'm, I'm spending." Be my, I'm gonna be on the side, just over here doing what I do. Facts. So, I mean, we could always make cakes. We had cake decorating class. Right. Um, cake decorating station where it would be two weeks of us just decorating cakes. So, you know, I would just be, like, in there trying different things, taking pictures, you know, whatever. Um, what else would we do? We had a pastry chef station where we were um, – we would make uh, pastries for the restaurant that they had. So mm-hmm. it was just, it was a vast, we had touched everything once. You know what I'm saying? So it was very, like, vast. At, th- at that time, did you realize that you wanted to lean more to pastries, or was it? Yeah, 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 yeah. By that time, I knew I wanted to be doing pastry because I wasn't about to clean no fish. <laughs> wasn't about to cut up no no chicken for fun. <laughs> for fun. Like, Wait. you know, I just wasn't with it, like. Food, like, food, food is so boring to me. Like, doing it as a job and mm-hmm. as, like, a career path is so boring to me. But, you know, that's the, that's not I mean, like you, like you were saying prior to us um, on our way here, you were saying that this, like, you like the art form. You like the art side of it, yeah. the artistic side. Yeah, like, even pastry, like, yourself through that. I've done so much in pastry to where it's, like, I know I can do a lot of things. Right. But I'm just not, there's no incentive for me to do it unless I'm creating something new with it. Like, yeah. So when it like the food industry and pastries, it's like I it's in my heart, you know what I mean? Like the industry in itself, like it's very near and dear to my heart. It's all it's the only job I've ever done. Mm-hmm. So there's so much that I know, but I'm just I've seen it all. Like I don't I don't like doing anything that I see that somebody else has already done. You right. know what I mean? Like it's you want to so pull up and you want to kind of you want to invent something or do something that nobody else has done. You want to be able to say, yeah, that Chef Makai is doing this. Yeah, or else why am I doing it? Right. Like why would I put so much? I just feel like time is so valuable. It, it's the vo- it's the most valuable commodity. You can't get it back. Exactly. And pastry or the food industry is so taxing on mm-hmm. your body, on your mind, everything. 
why would I go and do all this, stand in my kitchen for 12 hours, et cetera, et cetera, like wearing tears on my body, all these burns on my arms, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, why would I do all yeah, of this? arms do be battered up sometimes. Like, if you're I'm not, not really even going to show you my arms right now. <laughs> <laughs> but why would I do all this just to, like, do something that somebody else has done? Like, and then I just feel like there's a certain, like, I think ahead. Like, I want to be, by the time I'm 25, I'm 22 now, mm-hmm. by the time I'm, like, 25, 26, 30, I want to be done. Like, I want to be established. Like, you know what I mean? And I want to have a brand or a reputation behind me where it's, like, something new. There's, you know what's crazy? There's two main things that um, sort of uh, influenced me to feel this way. There was this um, show on Food Network called Unique Sweets mm-hmm. where they would literally go around New York, wherever, and pick out all the pastry shops that were doing really unique things mm-hmm. and there there were so many places like though that was just like so inspiring to me like you can literally do so much more you know so that was the first time I really like it sparked that in me then one of the shops that was on there is Dominic Anzel Bakery and anytime somebody ever asks me like who's my biggest pastry inspiration it's Dominic Anzel Dominique Anzel mm-hmm. mm-hmm. because Bruh, I just got to show you the menu. You know what I mean? <laughs> what's like, the, what about the, I was about to ask you, what's so inspiring about them? All right. Just to give you, like, a quick thing about it, he'll take something and then just, like, wow you with it. So he's the person behind the cronut, right? Um, a lot of people – it's crazy because it's so world-renowned, but a, a lot of people still don't know about it. So he basically – it's like a croissant dough in a donut. But and the crazy part is, even if people know about it, they'll be like, oh, yeah, Dunkin' Donuts did that. Oh, yeah, Starbucks did that. <laughs> what's no. the news? I'm going to look at it right now. Cronut, C-R-O-N-U-T. But it's crazy because all of those places got the idea from him. Ah. You know? So it's crazy like that you could have so much influence over fucking donut, Dunkin' Donuts. You know what I mean? Right. And it's crazy because no Dunkin matter Donuts what. Dunkin' Donuts pulled up and stole his idea. And now they but he copyrighted, though. He's smart. I was getting ready to ask you. I hope he, he, I hope he at least patented or copyrighted he it. Did. So now every time Dunkin' Donuts makes it, he got to get a little, he got to get a PC off the Or they there. just can't do it how he do it. Period. Ah. But... So, and then he has this thing where it's like the hot chocolate, right? Mm-hmm. He has a hot chocolate, but his marshmallows, he basically cut the marshmallow into like a flower. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the flower is inside this little like white chocolate like shell to keep it like closed up, right? Mm-hmm. Then drop it in your hot chocolate. The little white chocolate will melt and then the flower blooms in your hot chocolate. That's and crazy. then he'll have Wait, you mean the flower will bloom on the surface of the hot chocolate? Mm-hmm. I saw that before. I didn't know that was him. Yeah. I've seen that before. Yeah, and it'll have like little like chocolate pearls in there or something like that. Mm-hmm. So it's just like taking something so small as a hot chocolate and just making an experience out of it. I am very inspired by making experiences. You know what I mean? That's a fact. A lot of people, it's funny because I was reading something the other day about like how the retail industry is trying to find those way back. Mm-hmm. And what they discovered is that people just want to experience things. So right. if they can come up with more, if they can find ways to create experiences at their own stores, then That's people will find reasons like, to come outside. That's why you guys should like 29 rooms and, right. you know, all these things that we have now because it's just experience. People want to experience it. I think people are starting to realize like, yo, this this this, this whole digital age is, is pulling us away from each other in a yeah. way. So they want to find ways to, you know, to, to experience real I can't real even human. say that. I can't even say that it's like uh, on the other side of digital of uh, social network because honestly, most of these places are fueled by people coming in and taking pictures and posting it. True. You know what I mean? Those those um that exhibit I don't I forget the name, but it's like every room is all one color. Mm-hmm. They want you to come in and take pictures. Well, I mean that's well, it kind of it kind of goes hand in hand because it's like people are realizing yes that it's the digital the digital era is kind of cause, causing us to you know separate ourselves mm-hmm. and not really it, it, it kind of it forces us to not have that real human interaction anymore because 
You can just sit on the couch all day and text your friends instead of going out hanging out with them. See, I don't get that part. of. I notice a lot of people say that, and I get it on a grand scheme of things. A lot of people are in their phones a lot more. A lot of people are addicted to their phones. I'm quote-unquote mm-hmm. addicted to my phone, but my business is on social media. Right. So that's a different It's different. Thing. But I'm not, like, in my daily interactions, like, I can still speak to a person. <laughs> like, I don't have... I, feel, I feel you, but I, I just feel like I think people just want... Or maybe people just want to have these these experiences so Even that they can post it on social media, like social um, networking events. Like I still speak to people. Like I don't I don't see this extreme social media. Well, listen, but not everybody everybody not everybody's as as outgoing. Some people really be going to events and just stand in the corner with their friends. But on their that's phone. more so due to awkwardness. You know, even if we didn't have phones, we would still. I was about stand to say, I think, I think there was still right. There would still be people who find hands, ways yeah. to be so I don't socially think awkward. Yeah, so I don't, I don't, I don't know. None, nonetheless, though, I, I still think that a lot of people are are craving for more experiences. Maybe even whether whether they feel like you know phones are calling us, causing us to be more distant, or yeah. whether they want to just go to these experiences to generally experience them, mm-hmm. or go to these experiences just post it online. Mm-hmm. Who knows? But I think people are, people actually like experiences. Right. And that's why when I do, whenever I start getting into, like, my events and throwing it again, I want it to be along those lines. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to j- just, like, throw an event. Because it's, like, along the same lines. Like, this takes so much effort, so much time, that when I do it and I'll produce it, I want it to be grand. One of you want kind. people to actually be inspired by it. Even if it's not grand. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it just has to be, like, interactive. You know what I mean? Like, just... I don't know an experience more so than just like just going to an event eating some food just going just instead of instead of a showcase where you actually doing something interacting with the people mm-hmm. where it's like they they're, they're not they're not paying to come taste your food they're paying to come help you make the food or something like that yeah that would be a cool event yeah I feel you yep. so with the with the back to the um the the the, the the second bakery you worked at mm-hmm. it was a short stint you said you only worked there for about a month and a half okay so this goes back into what I was just telling you about as far as Dominic Enzo, right? Right. Because long story short, I saw his bakery on Unique Sweets one day. I mm-hmm. was very inspired, still am, and he was opening up a new location, Dominic Enzo Kitchen. Mm-hmm. So the whole concept behind that, which is mad innovative, it's like a pastry restaurant. So you'll come to the counter, like a regular bake shop, you'll have the pastry case in front of you, you can see what you want, but you order it and we'll make it right there in the open kitchen. So, like, you'll have, like, a mousse, and we'll make it in, like, three minutes, five minutes. You'll have, like, a brownie, throw it in the oven. Like, we blowtorched it because it was a sage brownies, and it had it was wrapped in bamboo, so we'll blowtorch it so that all those flavors come out. Mm-hmm. Um, that was another. What do we have? Madeleines. We'll, like, pipe them right there, um, bake them right then and there. I always found a way you when you just, you just mentioning the blowtorch is, is triggered something. Mm-hmm. I always find a way when people cook the food in front of you with the blowtorch. Yeah. Like when you like when somebody put like a steak on the grill mm-hmm. or steak on a little metal circle thing and they just blowtorch it and you watch it go from raw to cook. That shit is wavy to me. It is. It's very wavy. Um, so, long story short, the second pastry shop I worked at was Dominic Enzo Kitchen. Oh, that's what, but you didn't like it though. I did like it. Not that you... D- oh, that was, the, uh, that, was, that was the next one that you didn't like. Yeah. Maybe I'm I'm skipping ahead. So everybody they, everybody didn't hear that part. Yeah, my bad, my bad. So let's let's production. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> production. Let's stick with the Dominique Zell. Let's stick with the stick with the Dominique Zell. All right. What was it like? Because I know a, a lot of times people, for example, like you hear this all the time, like the entertainment industry, where people will like have these idols or people that they look up to, right. and then they finally meet them, they finally work with them, and it's not what they expected, or not what, it, what not what they you know anticipated it to be. Mm-hmm. What was it like for you finally getting to work to work with somebody that you look up to that you've been idolizing for however long and now you're in their shadows being able to learn from them? 
Okay. So just for a quick, quick timeline, just to like put everything in perspective. Mm-hmm. Schmackeries was the summer, was senior year into the summer before I went to college. Um, I had two years of college. The summer in between those two years is when I worked at Dominique Enzo. Ah. And so then, like an internship period almost. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and then after I graduated is when I worked in that small uh, bakery in Williamsburg and then, you know, went on from there. Um, so Dominique Enzo, that was, it was great. Like, it was all around great. The mm-hmm. only thing that, like, kind of sucked was, like, management, but that's everywhere. Right. You, know? you can't you can't find a, you're never going to find a perfect work location. It is what it is. Um, and then we were working, I was being paid $10 an hour. <laughs> Yo, you know what's crazy? When I remember when I, my first job, the first job I ever got was at a bookstore. Mm-hmm. And I think I was in, like, high school. Yeah, I was in my junior, senior year mm-hmm. high school. And when I signed on, we was getting $10 an hour. And I thought I was making bread. I'm Yo! Like, <laughs> I'm like, yo, I'm, I'm like, yo, I don't know. Nobody else making ten dollars an hour. You can't beat ten dollars an hour. Ten dollars an hour was standard. Like, I'm getting four hundred dollars for working forty hours. Fuck you, mean. <laughs> but I was a shit. Yo, but you know what? I was a young Vanessa because I would get my taxes exempt. Any New York, any like any person who grew up in New York City, a young Vanessa. That sounds about right. Facts. So what I would like they couldn't take my taxes out so every penny I made I, is what I was making like mm-hmm. they probably take out like a con $50 you could do that when you young too like when you you, had, stu- you just have to be a student right, exactly like when you were a student you could you could get away with that like you said they only take like 50 cash from you a month right. not a month a check mm-hmm. so yeah my moms was still able to clean you know whatever it was working out right regular, now, regular you know? hustle regular shit you know I was saving too like it was lit <laughs> Oh my God! But what type of stuff did you live? What type of um new new pastries and bacon's did you learn at that at Denzel? Bruh, too many to count. Like I can't even hold you. I learned so much. Like any and everything that was on their menu, I mm-hmm. I touched. You know what I mean? Like I did it. So you pulled up and just mastered the whole menu one time. Yeah, not one time, but a one time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not gonna hold you. Like we did it so much that basically, yeah. Like mm-hmm. of course, like. I haven't worked there in years, so I couldn't just, like, pull up and, like, just do it. But so many mm-hmm. recipes I kept, so many, like, things that I kept, like, more ice cream, more <laughs> everything, pavlovas, like, mousses, uh, lemons, you know, everything you can imagine. Lemon, I, heard, I heard lemon. Lemon, lemon what? tarts. What's lemon tarts? How do, you, how, do, how do you make lemon tarts? So, honestly, that was one of the things that we would make in the open kitchen, like, as soon as somebody ordered it. So, we would make it in the smoothie blender. Mm-hmm. So, it... Is that we, the that's that's the little pop? I ain't mean to interrupt you, but that's the little popsicle you making now. No. Oh, that's different. No, 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 no. Ain't no, 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 ain't no, no. Anything, anything that's yellow and lemon, that's, that's gonna attract my attention. Like I'm gonna see it and I'm gonna pay attention to it off rip. Like what's that? I feel you. Um, but now the lemon tart, it was kind of, it was like you had to. Um, we had like a pre-made lemon curry that was already measured out. Mm-hmm. Then we had butter that we measured out. But then you have to melt the butter to like the perfect <laughs> amount, like the perfect consistency. <laughs> then you had to like uh, put the put the um. Let me carry it in the smoothie blender. Put the butter in there. <laughs> then it would be like, it had to be the perfect thickness and whatever. And then you pour it in a little pre-made tart shell. You put some zest on it and then like let them take it. But <laughs> <laughs> Yo, when that shit wasn't working out, like on a real, real hot day when all your butter was mad melty. Like, yo, that shit used to be the blow. Like, the <laughs> Wait, what type, of, what type of obstacles do you run into in the kitchen? Like, oh, my God. <laughs> What type of what type of what type First of, of all, in the summertime, it should be just hot. You are the <laughs> obstacle. <laughs> Sleeves rolled up, sweat dripping, trickling down your back. Yo, it's not enough water in the world. Yo. 
Oh my god! What what options? Just in in pay, in restaurants and pastry shops in general, mm-hmm. um, you'll run out of an item. Like you'll like uh, the shipment will come mm-hmm. in late. Like somebody will like not tell you that we ran out of something, so now you don't got anything. Mid- midway through the process of you yeah. making whatever you make, you realize you don't got butter. Exactly. You don't have eggs. Exactly. What do you do in that situation? Do you keep going or do you just scrap the whole Manager. thing? Manager. <laughs> <laughs> this sound like an issue for you, my friend. <laughs> this $10 an hour. Our restaurant's very like, particular when it comes to like inventory and shit like that. Like, like is, it, is, budget, is the budget so tight where it's like, yo, we only have exact amount of ingredients yo, for the day no, or for the week? No, no, no. They will like be able to order in excess, but it's just like nobody will keep up with it the way that they're supposed to. And things will spoil and stuff like that. You got you to gotta factor that in. So is that probably why they want to order excess all the time? Or? Hmm. I've never been in a situation where everything was just going bad unless the cooler went out for the day. Yeah, that'll happen too. So every, it'll be like a... Imagine um, the cooler go out at 9 a.m. It's happened. What you mean, imagine? <laughs> it's happened. Wait, what do you, so what do you do in that situation? You can't just pull, you can't serve, you can't serve people You have to pull food. everything out and you just got to put, like, we'll have low boys, like mini kit fridges in our stations. We'll mm-hmm. have to, like, fit as much as we can in there. We'll have, like, other, I mean, there's other fridges, you know what I mean? Like, right. you'll, you'll just do what you got to do, but it'll be annoying as hell. So. Nah, that just, that just inconveniences everybody for the day. And imagine it, shit is just faulty for, like, a week or two until niggas come and fix it, like. Crazy. A week or two? Yeah. Which means, so let me ask something straight. Maybe I, I'm dragging it. It won't be two. Even I, even if it's a week and a half. Yeah. If it's a week and a, when you say shit faulty, you mean, for example, the cooler is faulty for a week yeah. and a half. Which means I could Like it won't be the right temperature or it'll just be warm and nobody knows until you go in there. And I could, which means I could potentially go to a, to a restaurant. Their cooler was faulty for a week and a half and now they cooking me partially. Spoiled well, food. no, the food will be. They'll take the proper precautions. If they gotta throw shit away, they'll throw shit away. Mm-hmm. In my experience, you know what I mean. Like, exactly, exactly. <laughs> for what you. Let me stop, but not for what, for what you see, though. Else, you know what I mean? <laughs> but um, yeah. So like, if they gotta throw shit away, they'll throw shit away. But then it's like, oh, you don't have shit on the menu because yada yada yada. But mm-hmm. in my experience, you'll just throw shit away if you need to. But you'll be tight when it's, like, part of your station, and you got to either, even if you, like, say you got to throw away all your prep, but you still got ingredients, you got to make that prep all over again. You're tight. At that point, you're sick, and for anybody that doesn't know what prep means, she just means, like, for example, if you're about to make something, you're about to make... I can't even think. I was gonna say I was gonna say vegetable salad, but I'm like, oh, you can't make a vegetable salad. But then I should just a salad. But so, if you're about to make a salad, you just get the lettuce to the side. You yeah, you got your lettuce side. already cut. You your raisins to the side. Your croutons over there. In the yeah, cut. maybe you got your lettuce already in the little containers already. Then you got your tomatoes cut to the side. Then you got your cucumbers cut to the side. If all your shit go bad, you mad. <laughs> you're okay. So, so let me get straight. You you spend you spend two and a half. Not two and a half. You spend one and a half months working with them. Right? Like two and a half. Two and a half working with them. Mm-hmm. And now it's time for you to go back. 12 hours a day. 12 hours a day. Mandatory. Like, that was the schedule. 7 a.m. to Wait, is that, is, that, is, that the, is that the standards um schedule for, like, working no. in a restaurant? You always have to work 12 hours? Mm-mm. Oh, but that was just how they rock. That was... Because we had just opened. Mm. So... Yeah. I was working... Oh, you didn't mention that. You didn't mention that you were part of one of the... um You were part of that inaugural staff. I... They were open for maybe, like two months before I got there. So I wasn't part of their initial staff, but... Still very early on. It was the first summer. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was very early on. So there was still a lot of, you know... I was in the kitchen. It's aggressive. Yeah. 
but it was fast paced. I'm not gonna lie, like it was annoying because when I tried to schedule other things like around my schedule, it wasn't like conducive. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, it, I did it. You know what I mean? Right. So it wasn't that horrible. It was annoying. Don't get me wrong. Like if there was a slow day, like damn, I just want to go home. <laughs> but then you know you still gotta clean the kitchen at the end of the night. You mm. know you still getting your bread. You the staff was cool. Like we we enjoyed each other. And I was doing, like, cool stuff, you know what I mean? So it wasn't, like, it could have been worse. I feel you. So by this time, right, after the, after the experience is over, you're going back to culinary school for one more year. Were you feeling yourself? Were you feeling better than anybody else? You by the time you got me. back? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. But um, there was this one chef that I know that he he knew of Dominican Zoe. Right. And he sort of had a respect for him. So he was, like, very impressed with the fact that I worked there. I'm not going to hold you. I did have the best um, what I did over the summer project. I did have the most um Oh, when you came back and you had to do that. That's the, that's the, it was the most impressive. I could have sworn only middle schoolers do that. Interesting. Now we did that. What I did over the summer. You, you was the kid that was taking the picture in the middle of South Africa. Right? <laughs> like Nobody left the country for the summer. Crying. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but. Oh, but I didn't even answer your question. Like, what? Did, how was it when I first, like, met him? Like, did he oh, yeah. live up to. Oh, um, The expectations. Yeah, as, as, he did. As I mean, it was crazy because, like, he. We would see him, obviously. But he wasn't always, like, working with everyone. So his um, executive chefs had to, which is basically his head chefs under him, mm-hmm. um, they had to go to Tokyo because he was opening up a location in Tokyo. Big money shit. Big money shit. He has a location in London and Los Angeles now. Mm. His first restaurant in Los Angeles now. But um, so when the head chefs had to go to Tokyo, he was with us mm-hmm. for like at least a month, I want to say. So we were working with him. Like I, he was um opening his uh ice cream window and we had to make all the cones ourselves and that shit was hectic like the actual like the waffle cone was it a waffle cone it was twill i, I don't even feel like explaining what that is <laughs> it's like a cookie it's like a gourmet cookie um but you just like you can make any shape that you want bake it and then when it first comes out the oven it's still pliable mm-hmm. so we would take it while it's still hot and then roll it in the cones but when you got to do like 600 or 800, 900. And how many y'all would have to do that? It would be like three. Two or three, my guy. And one tray, like even if you fill up the oven, you can only put like maybe 25 in at once. (laughs) (laughs) And you can't even do too much because like I said, you got to roll it while it's still hot. While it's still warm, right. Bro, bro, bro. Factory. That sounds like, I'm about to say, that sounds like some assembly line shit. Yeah, like some Like Like, mind you, we didn't even have a lot of space to do that. Tape, were you were you meeting a lot of people through this experience? Like a lot of people coming into the shop. Like a lot. I know this was. Mm, you said nah. he was he was on the show, right? So like, was it because it, he was on the show? Did that give him extra notoriety? Actually, I'm not gonna hold you. And um, I think they came in to record another episode of Unique Sweets for the the kitchen, mm-hmm. and I was on there for like a quick glimpse. A quick glimpse. They were recording while I was working that day, and I was in there for like a quick glimpse. Um, but I didn't meet anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no. <laughs> nah. So I right, so after this, right, you go back to culinary school. You finally, you go through culinary school. By this time, you already learned damn near everything you need to learn because you went to the, uh, you, you worked with Dominique Or just Gonzale. touched everything at least once. Right, at least once. And you worked with Dominique Gonzale for the summer. You learned so much more about pastries. Mm-hmm. So by the time you went back to school, it wasn't really saying much to you because you can't really tell me shit because I just worked with my mentor. I just worked with my idol. Fuck yeah. Nah, there was still a lot to learn. <laughs> and then so once you graduate, once you graduate culinary school now, mm-hmm. how did you now decide okay which what type of bakery do i want to work with where do i want to go with this 
So by that time, I, w- I had worked in, like, crazy spaces. You know what I mean? Like, as far as it just being mad people, I wanted to work um, in a small bakery. Mm-hmm. So that's where the small wor- small bakery in Williamsburg came about. And they um, – it was two employees, including me, <laughs> and the owner. It was just – oh, so three, yeah. The owner didn't do shit, so it was two of us. <laughs> <Just> two and a <laughs> half. <laughs> two and a quarter. <laughs> But, um, yeah, she ain't do shit. Like, she just directed. <laughs> like, fuck out I'm getting mad. <laughs> but, um, that should trigger something. Yeah, <laughs> triggered. OD. Yo. But, um, so she would, you know, she would teach us what we had to do, whatever, mm-hmm. because it was her shop. Like, she would show y'all. Yeah. Um, like, so, she wasn't really working with y'all, but she would show y'all, like, oh, that's what you gotta do. So that's how you can get it done. Big facts. <sighs> Big facts. Um, so, you know, maybe about a month into me working there, the other girl had quit because, you know, just differences with the girl, with the lady that was owning it. Um, and then it was just me. So I was just making everything. Mind you, Monday and Tuesday was like croissant day. Mm-hmm. So what that means is your girl was making all the croissants for the shop. So Dolly. Dolly. How many croissants did you make a day on a Monday and Tuesday? First of all, Monday was just making the dough and preparing the butter for it because you have to put it in a certain shape and then make sure it's cold. So Monday was just preparing it. So that was like a short day. I probably worked from like um, 8 a.m. to like 12, 1 o'clock. Um, Tuesday would be the day that I have to make everything. That would be from like 8 a.m. to like maybe 6 p.m. Um, and I would be making like, I want to say it's anywhere between 225. 225 by yourself. Mm-hmm. To like... How do you how do you make the croissant dough in a way so that it's fluffy? You know what I mean? Like you know how croissant is kind of fluffy. Like it's that it's is called lamination. So with croissants, I know what you're talking about. So the all the flakes and the layers comes from folding the dough with the butter over and over and over again, basically. But to do that, your dough has to be right and your butter has to be of a certain temperature, which is you know a whole nother conversation in Wait, so do you do you have to like fold it over um fold it over like a mold so that it keeps that shape or do you just Mm-mm. you're when you make the dough before you put it in the fridge for the night mm-hmm. you put it in a square shape and then basically you'll turn the square into like you'll turn turn it like 45 degrees so that it's a diamond roll out all those corners but leaving the center like not like still thick Mm-hmm. But you'll roll out the corners to the, they're not flat, but like they're um, smaller. Then you'll put the square butter over the middle thick part. And then you'll take those four corners and like fold it back over. And then you have like, now you have the butter enclosed inside the dough. You'll like turn it so that like the the side that you put back together is on the bottom. And then you'll like start rolling it out and, you know, doing what you have to do from there. And then as you, like, roll it out, fold it over each other, roll it out, fold it over each other, you're making layers of dough and butter over and over and over again. So once you you do that a certain amount of times, Mm -hmm. then you have croissant dough. But then you have to take it and cut it into, like, the triangles. Then, you know, do what you got to do and roll it up, how you roll it into the actual croissant shape. Then there's the whole, like, baking process, which is, like, leaving it out to proof, leaving it out in, like, um, a warm temperature so that it, like, rises and Mm -hmm. gets, like, more, um, so that the yeast inside of it, like, rises and gets fluffy. Then you bake it. 
and you would do this for 225 different croissants mm-hmm. by yourself. As far as, like, the form, as far as, like, the baking, I mean, not the baking, as far as, like, the rolling it out and, like, shaping them, yeah. But the baking is every day. They were, like, baked fresh every day, and, like, otherwise they would just be in the, um, the freezer and shit like that until we needed it. But, yeah, them shits would be crazy because sometimes we have different flavors. Different flavors of croissants? Mm-hmm. As you, can far get, as you can get Macy with the flavors? Yeah, I thought you there was can. Only, mm-hmm. So you would, like, you would add flavor to the actual dough while you're making it, and then it would come out, and you would have, You like, can do that, but when I was making those. croissants, some shit. It, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you could. But what we were doing is, like, we would fill it, and then, like, have to, like, we would basically take, like, Maybe it was pistachio. Mm-hmm. I would have to pipe pistachio, and but still roll it in a way where it's like not oozing up the sides. I I get what you mean. I need to do a croissant class. I I definitely I fuck with croissant. I love croissants. Croissants are wavy. They are. Cause it's like it's like you eating a lot of bread, but it's not at the same time. No, it's actually very fatty. It's very really? fatty. Yeah, it's butter. It's a mad butter. Oh, well, you're right. Cause the butter is technically the glue. From what you from the way you described it, the butter is pretty much the glue that's holding the dough together. And it's layers and layers and layers. Actually, and layers wait, if you want to put it in that, if you want to use that type of terminology, it's actually the opposite. The butter is the thing that helps the layers of dough separate so that you get all those little holes that you see. You got to make, you got to have a croissant baking class. The first baking class you do got to be a croissant baking class. Because now, now I want to try this. Got you. Got you. <laughs> so after this, right? After this experience. Did you? When did you finally realize I I had enough of being the only person getting bossed around by this lady? Oh! <laughs> <laughs> right after. <laughs> right. A- <laughs> nah, it was yo. I remember when I quit. That was the first time I really like quit, quit, and mm-hmm. I was just like, you yo, pulled, she was just pulled up screaming her. on, backing on her, and just screaming on everybody, and, and just tossing everything. Yeah, let me tell you something. Realized. Let me tell you something. <laughs> she, we never got paid on time. There was not a time. And she only paid us through check. Like, there was no such thing as direct, direct deposit. deposit. Yeah, there was no such thing. Oh, so she was, like, we in 2004 ne- with it, pretty much. She, we, we never got paid on time. So it was that, plus just other shit, plus just it was one time, like, mind you, I'm doing all everything by myself. Then every Friday we're supposed to clean or whatever. I guess one day um, it wasn't clean. But the thing is, the fucking mop broke, and the mm-hmm. mop has been broke, and she didn't replace it. Never replaced it. the mop on top of the fact that you didn't pay me on time. So where are you going to find money to even replace the mop? First of all, I was never placed a, pop, a mop. You got me fucked up. <laughs> like, <laughs> if you don't, if you don't provide the tools that right. you need, that I need to do what you need we me to do, we just can't get it done. Facts. Like you're wilding. <laughs> you're big wilding. I'm leaving. <laughs> it's the weekend. It's summertime. <laughs> but um, the mop been broke. Mm-hmm. I text her. I think I probably called her too, and was just like, oh, um, you know, like the mop is broke. Like, what you want me to do? She ain't answer. Then I guess she went in the bakery later that day, and she's like trying to like um leave me a voicemail or something like that like yelling talking about why this wasn't um or t- maybe she texted or something like that it was probably a text either way you didn't like her tone or you wasn't really feeling nah the tone. not at all <laughs> not at all and i was like yo first of all your wallet like who you talking to right um then i was like if you wanted something done you should have provided we what we needed like mm-hmm. we i've been told you that we needed a new mop or whatever so you know that's that, that's that old story so i quit so y'all left y'all left Shorty to, to run her own bakery by herself. <coughs> no, by that time she had a, one other girl. Oh, damn! So she had to do. She was doing dough. I wonder I how wish. that bake. I wonder how that bakery doing now. <laughs> I don't know. Because from the way that you describe it, it don't really sound like she. She probably she's got another person. 
don't, yo, she's still in business. I don't know how, but still in business. More like the huddle. More like the hustle. Right after you quit, how how long after that did it take for you to start your own ventures as Chef Makai? What was that? Twenty sixteen. I started my web. I launched my website twenty seventeen July. Mm-hmm. So the gap between that summer and the next summer, I was working at Maison Kaiser, um, which is a big, huge French factory. It's a French bakery, but I call it a factory because where we was working was in the Bronx, mm-hmm. and it was basically it's a large commissary, like like large. In, like, in, like in a factory inside of the Bronx type shit, like where, where it's basically, basically, and it's like you'll see all the um, Maison Kaiser like locations all over the city, mm-hmm. but and people will be like, oh, which location did you work at? Like, no, we worked in one big commissary, did all the um, pastries and everything in the commissary, mm-hmm. and um ship them to the locations but that was just who so that's so, so with through this experience you said Maison Kaiser how, how you pronounce it Maison Kaiser Maison Kaiser mm-hmm. but that's like that movie Unusual Suspect well um not Unusual Suspect The Usual Suspect and the main character the antagonist was Kaiser I'm going off on a tangent uh-huh. but nah what else what else nah so do this do this Maison Kaiser experience right you were able I would say what it sounds like to me at least that you were able to get a lot of like you were able to learn the groundwork behind like the culinary the culinary industry when I say the groundwork I mean learning how the, the production side of everything goes as far as like shipping and handling and, and sending out and, and fulfilling or orders to people and shit like that so it kind of made it easier it kind of paved the way for you to now launch your own website and do that on a smaller scale for yourself yeah I guess so I guess you could say that because um because we were we because we had so many um locations to ship to and they were opening more and more and more and more and more locations. Mm-hmm. Mind you, the staff was not growing. <laughs> <laughs> Mind you, like, so, you know, so we had to take on um there was an AM team and a PM team. The AM team used to take care of all the like shipping out, whatever, but the PM team started doing it. So we would um have to like set up all the store names on the table, have sheet trays. And then, like, put all the pastries on the, you know, each tray or whatever. And when mm-hmm. it got full, take it to the racks. And then, you know, it was a whole production. So it would just showed you how to be organized. Was it was there much baking involved in this experience, or was it more so like production stuff? Honestly, um, everything was on such a large scale that there was not one item that we would like make that I, as one person, or anybody as one person, would mm-hmm. make from start to finish. The AM team would start, like, so we would make something called entremets, mm-hmm. which is basically a mousse cake. But it also has, um, like, flavorful layers in it. So they will make, like, the layers that go in it. We'll, pro- we'll probably make the mousse and then put their layers inside the cake. Mm-hmm. Then the next day they'll take the mousse out of the mold and then glaze it. And then we'll probably get it back that next evening and decorate it. You know, I see what you're saying, and, and, and you guys, I would assume it's a large volume. Of, it's a large volume of cakes and things like that because it's such a big factory. Large, like it was so much. It's Everything like, that we made, we made like racks and racks and racks of it at a time. Like maybe it'll be. Let me put things into perspective. One tray probably will hold like 28 moose. One rack would hold like 20 trays. One tray would hold 28 moose. One rack would hold 20 trays. Yeah. Yo, what type of rack is holding 20 trays? You ever you know speed racks? 
in restaurants. Like the little to- the, the tall shit. Yeah. With the multiple thing? Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. We'll do like four of those. Mm. Four racks. As one task. That's mad cake. That's mad cake. Who is this going to? This is going to smaller smaller locations or just people? Mm-hmm. Locations. We're like the factory mass producing everything and like it'll go in the freezer. Mm-hmm. And then when it's time to ship it out, we'll ship it out to the... um different locations were, were, was, were you meaning to work at the factory or did you want to work at a bakery initially as far as what that company goes I think I wanted to work at the at the location but then they told me about it and I was just like you know what I'll try it out it's a cool it sounds like it's different it sounds different because you got you got by this time you had enough bakery experience to try something else to see how you like that right you had enough experience to try to add something else onto it right and because it was such it was a French location mm-hmm. You know, I was just like, let me just, like, get the French experience. Like, everything culinary started in France, Spain, you know, those mm-hmm. places. So I'm like, let me just, you know, pay my dues, you know. Let me get some, like, hands-on skill, learn some French maybe, you know. Like, <laughs> Wait, why did, why did all of this, um, why did all the culinary, like, originate in France? Do you know? Why? I don't know. I mean, you asking me, like, textbook no, work no, no, from, like, <laughs> not, not even textbook year. No, I'm just saying because it's, like, it's, like. Why I wonder like I wonder what's what was different in that area of the world like what sparked around those times for everybody to start getting mixed with their culinary shit. Then again, the French have always been exquisite remember. people all throughout history. So yeah, after all, remember. the Palace of Versailles in France, them niggas been extra. Yeah, I I don't remember. Like I can tell you a bunch of pastries that originated in France and mm-hmm. Spain and whatever. Oh, not Spain, but um, Italy and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I don't remember exactly why what sparked it. I think they just got to it first. <laughs> Like honestly, right? Somebody, somebody got to get to it first. Yeah, I mean, everything, every location has their own, you know. Um, I think you know what it was. I think the very official restaurant was in France, something like that. Like the main location at the headquarters. Not. <laughs> Wait, now you said the, you said the official restaurant was in France. Like. Forget. Listen, let's let's table this for I don't wanna get it wrong. They were like, oh this bitch for <laughs> Let's 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 table this for later, okay? <laughs> we'll get back to that later. This Facts. this this is the part of the interview where you we pause it and you figure it out on your own. Nah, just put that interview. shit in the details. <laughs> <laughs> when did you when did you get tired of the factory experience? Because at this point you're coming from bakery. Oh my god, I was you, been tired of it. From day one. Yeah. I just wanted to like show myself that I could work a year. Mm-hmm. At a place because all the places prior to this were like a month or two or three max. I was just like, let me just do a year. Everybody that was there for the was there for like two, three, four, five years. So I was like, let me do one year. You know mm-hmm. why not? Which one? So this this is more so like you just wanted to be able to prove to yourself that mm-hmm. I could I could do something for a year and not lose focus or not lose interest Facts. in it. Facts. And and how did you feel at the end of that year? Did you feel? Oh, like I was done. <laughs> I was finished. Um, I was like, that you, was fun. You didn't even think to go to go for a year too by this time. Hell no. Hell no. I did not want to do that ever again. You know, this ins and outs of why not, but, like, no. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, I was super ready to just start working for myself at that time. But I took, like, a month away to just, like, you know, I think I did some updates to my site, changed mm-hmm. my menu, you know, whatever, took some new photos. Um, at this time, by the time I quit, it was... October 2017. So my website was out at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, it was like the month of October, I stayed jobless just to like focus on other things. And then I started working at a restaurant. Um, only reason I even started working at that restaurant is because a guy that I knew that I was doing um, catering things with, like helping him out with his events, mm-hmm. he was working there. He was starting to work there as a sous chef. 
so I would be under him. So and I knew him, and it was just like you know you come in an interview, but you know you got the job, yeah. whatever. So I was just like, whatever, let's do it. Worked there for six months. That was trash too. <laughs> so by the at the end of those six months, you're like, all right, now I really just gotta, yeah. I gotta do my own thing. Yeah. That's when I was, like, already doing baking classes. I was already doing catering. I was already, like, I, shit was starting to, like, you know, niggas. Mm, yeah. <laughs> um, I did my first baking class that December. Um, I did the Yvonne Orgy birthday dinner in October. Was it? No, it was December of 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we were just, we were doing events. Shit was moving. Um, and then I was just, I was ready to just, like, yo, the main thing is that I just needed my time and sleep, and I just needed space to just be a person. Mm-hmm. Like, I just needed time to be a person. Did you feel like working in the culinary industry, working all of these long hours, it didn't give you the opportunity to, to no. be a person? No. Like, it's such a huge priority. It's so taxing. Like, it's so hard to sit there and work for somebody when you know you want to work for yourself. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows that. Everybody can relate. Um, and it's just like, you know... There's so many cracks in the actual food industry anyway. Like, I was just not being... Um, I was not uh, enamored by the food industry anymore. Like, just period. I just wasn't. Management always sucked no matter what. The infrastructure was always trash. Um, you was never getting paid enough, which I always knew. My mom always told me there's you're not going to make that much money in the food industry mm-hmm. until, like, maybe you're an executive chef or something. And what I was starting to see is because I could have started being a sous chef right. at that restaurant or at another restaurant. Like, I had enough experience in management uh, experience to start doing like a sous chef mm-hmm. position, but that it's honestly a scam. <laughs> scam? How? Not literally, but like it's not. Like, <laughs> it's like what is that? <laughs> <I'm> like, what? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I hope we good. Um, Shit. It's like they once you start working salary, mm-hmm. they could keep you there no matter what, no matter how many hours, no matter what, and you're still gonna get paid the same rate. That's what salary is at to me. At that point, it's, so it sounds like a, like you at that point you just did slave. Like once Basically. you're on, once, once you're on salary, you you just do whatever we want you to do, whenever we want you to do. Yeah, and it's like you know what you gonna say? No, like you still <laughs> chef. Like right, this you, this is what you committed to. This is your job. Yeah, like you're now in a management position over the pastry cooks mm-hmm. or the cooks in general. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the like? What was like the final straw for you working working with them, working with that company that made you say, "All right, it's time for me to go away and just." They Focus were closing. Oh. Yeah, the restaurant wasn't doing too well. Um, they were closing. It, how how hard is it? Because you worked in a couple of restaurants by this time. How hard was it for like restaurants to maintain a certain level of business? Um. Well, I worked in a lot of bakeries. Bakeries. That was the one and only restaurant that I worked at. And I was like, let me just try it mm-hmm. once. Um. So, I was just like... I saw that it was, I don't know. I can't say it was hard to keep business. That's mm-hmm. the first time I ever saw a place fail. What I can say is that it was hard to keep staff. That's what I can't say. Why was it hard to keep staff? Strictly because of pay or just? <laughs> um, so uh, chefs, chefs really just have that term, that bad of a managerial um, skills that they just can't maintain places? Yeah, and it's always the pay. It's always the pay. Um, honestly, the the staff will always need and want more that mm-hmm. this that the managerial people are just not willing to provide. Well, obviously, I feel like because you saying you saying that it's always the pay, but it's, I feel like when it, when it comes to this this line of work, it's obviously something that you really have to care about enough. Like going into it, if you know for a fact you're not about to get paid a lot and it's going to be a lot of holdups, 
you have to love it enough for you to constantly say, "I, right, I'm gonna call." I'm gonna, yeah, but I'm there's a certain time where you put this. in, like you've put in a certain amount of years and you've put in the, enough work mm-hmm. to where it's like, "All right, run me my bread," and but they still don't want to. So I, a lot of people would hit that point with it, like you have my credentials, um, but you're still not trying to pay me, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's that's people would hit that point a lot. I hit that point. You know what I mean? Like, even if they weren't closing, I was going to be out. But, like, you just see shit up close. And mm-hmm. it's just like, yo, like. You see you see through the smoke and mirrors. That it's, yeah. not, it's not what it seems. Yeah. All the time. All the time. Like, you think that, like, a sous chef position is so, like, you know, so glamorous. Maybe not glamorous, but so, like, respectable. Coveted, right. So respectable. Or, like, an executive chef position is so respectable, and it's really not. Like, maybe they'll have certain positions. I mean, maybe they'll have certain experience, but, like, their management skills, their team-building skills, their, you know, is not Their leadership skills yeah, is subpar. Yeah, it's not up to par at all. So when you finally decided to now pursue and focus on Chef Nakai mm-hmm. 100%, how did you now, how did you take from all these experiences and say, all right, this is— I work alone. Wait, so you don't have a t- you don't have a team of individuals under you no. at all? You work by yourself completely? Mm-hmm. Nah, I mean I was joking when I said it at first, but like I don't have a team. But I one because you just I need to know my business through mm-hmm. and through and through and through and through before I start bringing people in. Period. Right. But then at the same time, it's like even if I was at the point where I truthfully want to bring in people, it's still just so much because no matter what, nobody's gonna care about your business as the much way as you, you do. do. Right. And Honestly, employees are a liability. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they can do whatever with your with whatever responsibility you put in their hands. And, and then you're held accountable because your name is attached to it. Exactly. How was it? Was it hard for you to like to um develop a following, develop a consistent like uh customer base, starting on your own? Um, I guess so. Just because there's always an element of having to convince people mm-hmm. to try out your product. Um, and that's just business period. Right. You know what I mean? Um. Yeah, so I guess you can say it's, like, sort of difficult because it takes a while to convince people, I guess you can say. But once you do get those few caterings and people see what you're doing and you got, like, people vouching for you and whatever, then it becomes, like, way easier. Once your name start ringing bells, people start trusting you more. People don't ever want to be the first person to trust you. I mean, I don't know. Like, it always starts out with friends and family. So there's always been friends and family to support first. Like, mm-hmm. don't get me wrong. It's not. I, I never had to deal with, like, haters and, like, all that shit. You know what I mean? Um, so it's always been friends and family to, like, just come out and support. And then those people, when they started, like, you know, when you post, like, oh, what they have to say about it, then other people who are maybe, like, an acquaintance or whatever, then they'll try it. Mm-hmm. They'll start trusting the brand more and say, all right, right. We'll, we'll give it a shot. We'll right. give it a try. Right. So today, right now, what is what is what are some of your favorite products to make? Um, products that people can actually find online at Chef Nakai on your website. My favorites right now, um, there's a passion fruit raspberry cake. That's my favorite from the March menu. Um, passion fruit raspberry. That sounds mixy. Mm-hmm, it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's like passion fruit cake, passion fruit um, ganache, and it has like raspberry sauce. What's, what's ganache? Ganache is when you mix uh, chocolate and either uh, heavy cream or in my case, coconut milk mm-hmm. because it's dairy free. So, and you can put whatever flavor you want. Um, so, and I use white chocolate. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'll put like the passion fruit flavor or whatever. 
So it's uh, passion fruit cake, passion fruit ganache, and then like in between, like in the middle of the cake is like a raspberry sauce. So you, you don't get it till you bite into it. <laughs> so I was like, oh, that's cute. That's, that's cute. Let me do that. <laughs> um, so that's one of my faves from the March menu. And then my other favorite of all of them is my um, pink starburst. What is this? Starburst pink straw. What is it? Pink Starburst strawberry cake. Pink Starburst. Wait, so there's so you 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 you, you make your menus based on a month, based on the season. No, 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 no. Pink Starburst strawberry is part of. I have ten items that are always on the menu. Mm-hmm. Period. And then I'll add a couple items per month to the menu based on whatever's going on that month. So this one is like everything is like spring inspired. Mm-hmm. So there's a passion fruit raspberry. There's a coconut key lime cake. Um, there's a what is it, a carrot cake? Because people have been asking me about a carrot cake. Carrot so I was cake. like, let me throw that up there for y'all. Mm-hmm. And there's a lemon thyme blueberry cake with cream cheese frosting. Out of all of them, that's the one that stood out to me. I might have to touch that. <laughs> lemon thyme blueberry? Mm-hmm. I might have to touch that. Yeah, because lemon and thyme, I like being able to use herbs in sweet stuff. Mm-hmm. And lemon blueberry is going to go together. Lemon and Regardless. thyme go together. Yeah. Lemon and thyme? I never knew lemon and thyme go together. Mm-hmm. I feel like I never really ate thyme. Well, yeah. actually, it's it, people use it in flavor for like rice and shit like that. Yeah. But like I know when I say ate, like I never really ate the actual herb, but I tasted the, the, yeah. the flavor. Mm-hmm. The flavor is cool. You might have to try that out. Mm-hmm. So, so where can the people find your, your um your um your products? Like, give them their website. Plug your website. Plug your Instagram so that they can follow you, so that they can support, so they can buy some of your products. www. You still need www. Dot. <laughs> Chef dash nakai dot com. C-H-E-F-N-A-K-A-I.com. And the uh, Instagram and Twitter, Chef Nakai and Chef Nakai Co. On Instagram and Twitter. On Instagram and Twitter. Mm-hmm. Everybody, Chef Nakai. I'm adding little claps at the bottom. All we can do it right now. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> <laughs> but no, nah, this was fun. I definitely do appreciate you coming on the show. Appreciate you for having me. No doubt, no doubt. You've been listening to the King Belly Podcast. You can follow the King Belly Pod on Instagram and Facebook. You can subscribe to the King Belly Podcast on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. Your support is greatly appreciated.